Adrian Bott, thank you for coming in, mate. Thanks, Rich. Very busy time of the year, so we really appreciate you coming in. Uh, so I, I thought to change things up a bit, um, you're one of the leading horse trainers in Australia, right? And instead of trying to weave our way from where you started to where you are now, I thought let's just go bang crash at the start. And um, you're here now, so let's talk about what's going on and then we can work our way back to how you ended up here. Sure thing. So let's get straight into it. Um, Red Resistance on Saturday, Todman. Um, let's watch it. And why don't you just sort of tell me followed by a militarized what your thoughts were on the overall run. Japan. Obviously, nothing and wrong with the run. Um, yeah. What, yeah, look, I thought it was an excellent performance still. Like, um, naturally, going into the races with an unbeaten speed, record, you, and he's big you don't like sort of getting beat, particularly in sort of one of the main lead-ups. But, you know, tradition sort of says good horses have been beaten in this race and then gone on to win the slippers. So it's not necessarily crucial that he won this race. If he was to be vulnerable, we felt this race was going to be it, particularly against the... You know, horse like Cylinder was sort of race fit and sort of had quite a, an ideal lead-up. Um, yeah, we sort of had to be five weeks between runs going into that in, you know, what we felt in order to have him set up right for, for the Golden Slipper. So, um, you know, not easy. A testing track there like Randwick, 1,200 metres a, a while between runs against, a you know, a good horse um, and a small field where tactics are always going to be crucial. Um, yeah, if there was a chance he was going to be vulnerable, that was the day. Um, so... Look, not overly disappointed with the mm. result. I thought he ran. I thought he ran really well. Um, I think the race will come up quite quite strongly. Yeah. Well, um, Zealand is the dominant three dollar favourite now. I think. Yeah, and and, and look, I'm For the slipper, very is, confident yeah. with where yeah. we're at with the horse. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I'd certainly be be very happy. No, he's he's right in the race. Really is. And yeah. am I right? It wasn't didn't Piero? Wasn't it like six seven dollars in the slipper? And a lot of horses. Great horses come off the ball a bit. The punters leave them, and then they come out in the slipper. Like Capitalist was another good, good example. Yeah, you know, well and truly, particularly in a year where there probably doesn't look to be a particularly dominant horse, a lot of people will you know, happily tell you that it's an open year. And you know, Capitalist, who you just said, you know, I think he was beaten in the in, in the Todman. Um, you know, by, I think it was by Kiss and Make Up, and mm. um, you know, he he came out and was a dominant winner yeah. of the of the slipper. So, um, you know, it's as I said, it's hard to take on the. On the day with a with a high profile horse and a and a colt and a sort of stallion prospect that's um, done nothing wrong to date, but you know you, you, you're going to be bumping into those um, you know better types as you go along. And um, you know, as I said, I, I'm I'm happy with the setup that it now gives us going into the grand final. Yeah, and why did you give him five weeks off? It's just uh, it's his first campaign, um, so yeah, again that's sort of not not easy. On, on the horse, if, again, if you want to sort of go back and, and really sort of pull apart the profile of the of the Golden Slipper and traditionally sort of where, you know, where it probably helps in an advantage. Not saying it can't be done, but it's it's an advantage having had that, say, spring campaign is what's always probably been the traditional format. If you can have a start in, you know, October, November, uh, the horses go out for a break, come back in and on their second campaign, they're going through the right races in the lead up to the Slipper. That's Traditionally, a profile, you know, whether it be the Colts or the Phillies, is what has been the most successful, been, mm. been, been an advantage, you know, exactly like Cylinder's profile. Yeah. Um, we're on our first campaign um, and just felt it was going to be tough going to the world too many times uh, before the Golden Slipper. So um, he would have been sort of the if – he, if he was going to have a run between, it would have been, say, the Silver Slipper – uh, into the Todman, into the Golden Slipper. So you're sort of yeah. fifth up on your first campaign as a two-year-old and asking him, asking a lot of them. So, yeah, that was sort of always in the back of our mind, wanted to 
you know, mm. leave something for, for the grand final. And he's the type of horse I, I do feel we've still got a bit more left. Like he, he could potentially, if he comes out and runs as well as we hope in the slip, I, I wouldn't be afraid of running him through, um, you know, the, the remainder of the, the two-year-old series. So as well. you're confident he'll go up to 1,400 and even 1,600? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, certainly yeah. certainly in time. Um, you know, lovely, like physically just a, a lovely profile of horse that looks to have that sort of scope to be able to get over a bit of ground and, and, and train on. So be interesting. I won't sort of think about that until we, you know, as I said, everything's centred around the slipper and um, we can make those decisions afterwards. But in the but back so of the my mind... So the size produce in the champagne definitely, I mean, you get through the slipper, but it... Yeah, it's de- he's definitely not getting tipped out straight ha- after. The haven't ruled it out. No. Yeah, cool. You know? It's funny. Like I looked at previous years, and, and and sometimes you think you're doing the right thing. Like you know, Farnham looking back, whether we should have looked to have sort of went through or not. You um, you know, you're, you're doing the right thing by the horses. Sometimes you feel tipping them out, and um, you know, giving them that extra time out to come back for the three year olds. And you know, we've seen before that doesn't necessarily, you know mean success in, in the early part of their three-year-old careers. So yeah. if they're in the right form and the races are there to be won and capitalised on um, and the horse is in great shape, you know, I'm sort of a big believer in, in, in any preparation, not just, you know, this particular example, but, yeah, really capitalising on when you've got that horse you know, in, in, in the right sort of form mm. and in that sort of right... And so zone, from your point of view, he's flying, like doing really well. At... Yeah, he's come out of that race in, in, in really good shape. Yeah, um, yeah he... He, he 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 ran well. Just that that last furlong, he was probably just showing he was in need of that mm, run. I thought so. it was a great run. Yeah, yeah. I was, as I said, we're, we've come out of it happy, yeah. as, like as as happy as you can be without winning. Mm, the pressure's um, off a bit too. Like yeah, you definitely. Know, you just <laughs> it helps yeah. sometimes. Too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he wins that, he's he's two dollar fa- three dollar favorite. He'd probably be cylinder's price in the Golden Slipper, and everyone's talking to you. And now you guys just that the heat comes off you a bit. Well and truly, um, you know, well and truly. But as I said, I'm um, confident with where he's at and, um, you know, just hope the next couple of weeks go smoothly. He's coming out of the race in, in, in really good order. Yeah. Um, so, again, that sort of just gives you more confidence that we're we're on the right path, we're in the right position. We know the improvement that we've got. We know sort of what it's going to – where we have to get get him to in order to win it. Um, you excited? I am, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's got the potential to do it. He's, yeah. a, he's, a, he's a live chance, as you yeah, said. Absolutely. You know, it's, um, yeah, Yeah, you know, I, I haven't sort of – you know, haven't sort of given the slipper to anyone else just yet, you know. Yeah. And is Brett Preble definitely on it? Yes, yeah, well in? and truly, yeah. yeah. Yep. He's, he's sort of been that way from the start. He, he's ridden the horse from, from the outset. He's doing a lot of riding for us since he's a, a, arrived up from, from Melbourne, you know, particularly for Sir Owen Glenn, the owner of uh, Red Resistance. And oh, he, he's, he's done an excellent job with the horse mm. and, and, and on plenty of others. So um, he's won a golden slipper before, you know, which I think is pretty key and pretty pretty. Yeah, what, what slipper did he win? Uh, I think Crystal Lily, I reckon it might have been wow. a while back. Yeah. Um, you know, it's I'm not sure back. if he's – he would have been in Hong Kong at that stage. I guess he came over. But, um, you know, like he's, you know, a very accomplished rider, isn't he? You know, yeah. when you look at the experience, what – you know, the big races that he's won, it takes certain jockeys to be performing and winning the big races. You know, I, I go to water on the big day sometimes, yeah. you know, so – Thanks, those, those big guys, and, yeah. and what's the backstory with Red Resistance? Because I, I saw it got withdrawn at the sales, right? I never went through a sales ring, is that right? Yeah, so, um, you know, Sir Owen Glenn bred the horse. Um, you know, he was – he's in the business of, um, you know, breeding and also trying to buy and secure cult prospects. Um, you know, he's involved in a couple of um, syndicates, mainly, the um, you know, the, the Newgate syndicate with Henry Field. He uh, breeds a lot of nice um, – he's got a lovely stock of, group of mares on, on the farm, so he breeds – quality stuff each year um, and as I said each year tries to secure a few to, to race as well but I think yeah once that horse was sort of at the sale time 
you know, sort of looking at the quality of the horse, he, he, he just sort of thought, look, Pulled it. you know, these are the types of horses I'm going out to try and find and secure. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to race him myself. It's a serious so stallion he, prospect, obviously. Isn't he, it? he is, yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously that's... He wins a slipper. It's... Yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> and look, I'm sure that'd be the, the, the dream for him, you know, a, a, a horse that he's bred and, and raised and, and raced, you know, to win a big race like the, mm. the slipper. Um, yeah, that's I guess any breeder's sort of that's dream, it. but it's, um, it's the ultimate, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. you know, but the, yeah. you know he's um, he supports the industry hugely, um, puts a lot of money in, in in all areas. So I really hope we can reward him. Yeah, and so what I thought would be interesting is it's Wednesday, so we're about ten days out from the slipper. Can you sort of briefly touch on what res red resistance will do each day between now and Saturday race day, so ten days time? So for example, this morning, what, what did he get up to this morning? Yeah, look, we're, we're not doing a lot. Between now and the race, uh, as I said, we've um, yeah with the with the two year old sort of try and have him at a certain point getting getting to the races, um, you know have that really good sort of base fitness into into the horses, and then once we've established that and got that there, you know we're just sort of trying to keep them, you know keep them maintained and, and keep them at a, a good level and keeping them yeah you know, just sort of very happy and mm. well and sort of fresh in themselves. So I think that race itself will do a lot of the yeah a lot of the work for us. Yeah. Um, Saturday morning will be the next time that he has a, another serious hit out. Yep. Um, so, what time will that be? Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll keep him in his usual routine. He's usually out at about, um, I guess, five o'clock each each morning. Um, five o'clock's when we first get access to the to the grass. Yep. So he'll be sort of straight out, first horse on the track, on, on the grass track, do his main work. You know, and what would that be like? Um, with the two-year-olds, it's a lot of shorter, sharper work. Um, you know, they're, they're sort of... Really, sort of having a, really having a strong sort of six hundred meters sort of gallop, um, maybe sort of over um, eight hundred meters at sort of this sort of point. Um, mm -hmm. We may sort of step that up later in the campaign if they're getting over a bit further. But um, yeah, we, we we don't sort of overtax the, the two year olds, um, and then every day in between they're just doing a, a, a light trot and canter. And a, um, so, what, all this week has he just been what swimming and walking? Trotting, yeah, swimming, uh, walking, swimming. Uh, as I said, just a, a steady trot and canter work. Uh, this morning he went to the beach. Uh, we may try and do that at another point with him. It's just sort of great for great for their recovery, great for their great for their legs, Brain, uh, yeah. and yeah, mentally just to yeah. keep them fresh and, and stimulate them. So um, yeah, that's you know essentially what his next two weeks will look like. Maybe really, on just, Saturday, just one hard gallop between we'll now see and the how, um, We'll see how that work is on on Saturday, yeah. um, and then just sort of really assess where he's at from there. We may do another bit with him sort of um, Tuesday or, or probably Tuesday sort of next week if we if we need to. But, yeah. um, you know, as I said, really want them sort of pretty pretty sort of up to the mark and not having to do sort of too much catch-up now at mm. this, sort of, this sort of point. And, you know, I'm always so fearful with the, with the two-year-olds of being so close to this big event of sort of doing, you know, that one gallop too, yep. too and many, or whenever I or yeah, push yeah. them more, you know, even like, yeah, you know, there's always the risk of injury, but yeah, have I, you know, okay, have I just push done them that too edge, much? Yeah. yeah, you know, what's the, and, and that's sort of probably always been the fine line with the, the two year olds, and they've always been sort of pretty, pretty delicate and, and, and finicky. And yeah, I found the two year olds very tough at the sort of early part of the camp, um, you know, career, but yeah, I'm in, in, enjoying that, that aspect now. So hopefully, hopefully, we got it right. And on slipper morning, what will he do? Uh, he'll uh, stick in his routine, but he'll go out, um, go out sort of quite early, one of the first few lots, and just have a just have a very light um, canter around, just a 
just to stretch the legs, just to get out, uh, just make sure you know, everything's in order, everything's right, he's feeling well, he's sound, he's trotting out well, moving well. And will you be there with him or you? Yep, yep, yep. I'll be there every morning. You know, yep. I'll be there every every morning for the first lot to go out and see the see the first horse on the track and see the last horse off the track. You know, yep. sit there and watch, you know, every single sort of 120 horses that we've got in work, every single one of them go past and give them their work for the morning just so, you know, you're keeping an eye on them, you know what they're doing, you know where they're at. Um, everyone's got their in, their instructions and their routine. Mm. And um, you've got another horse in the race, Platinum Jubilee, Red yeah. Hot Chance as well. Yeah, it really is. She, yeah. she probably shouldn't be forgotten. Um, yeah. You know, like she... You well, know, she you ran really close to Cylinder. She, she did, yeah. Half in in, in the Silver Slipper, she yeah. gave him something to chase and... Um, you know, she was. She'll probably come out and win it. We've been she, pumping up red she, resistance, and she was first up from the Magic Millions on that occasion, and she was she was very good. Um, yeah, we made it. You know, probably what's hopefully going to be a key change for her. She gets the blinkers on in the slipper, um, so she's trialed up in them in them since, and it just felt in a few of her races. You know, she she was so impressive. Obviously, in the, in the Jim Crack Stakes, she you know, the race was sort of really set up well for her. You know, like yeah. the you know, there was a lot of speed on. You know, they were probably tiring. You know, she had something to chase and she was strong late. So, um, yeah, then we've just been trying to inject a bit more tactical speed into her races since then. And she's such a laid-back, cruisy sort of style of filly. Um, yeah, I think there's certain parts of her races where she's just floated. Yep. Yeah, and I think saw that a bit at, at Rose Hill in, in, in the Silver Slipper when she, yeah, she ran along at a nice speed. She kicked really well. Um, kicked really well in mm. the straight, and that last furlong, I just thought she was just floating around a, a, a little bit. Um, yeah, just enough to, you know, she'd sort of switched off and clocked off, and was just happy to cruise to the line enough to allow the colt into the race, you know. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think the blinkers would just sort of take away that that aspect of, of her racing, um, and just sort of really help her travel into it and, and not hit that flat spot at certain times. So. I, I liked the way she responded in, in, in the trial with them on. Like she travelled really, travelled really well to Tim and just sort of without, it was almost like out asking, you could just see her really going through her gears strongly mm. and all the way through the line. So, um, you know, I thought that was a good addition. So a good draw, you know, hopefully a nice sort of campaign and set up well for her. She's going in in great shape. She's fit, um, a small gear change um, and maybe a nice draw. She's versatile, you know. Mm. She could be, she could be outside the lead. She could be leading. She could be dead last, you know. She could be, mm. she can be effective anywhere. So, you know, she's a she's a chance. Like in Reddick, and Tim Clark's you know? books are right. Tim Clark's books are right. Her, yeah, awesome. Um, and Tim Clark's the regular writer for Alligator Blood too, correct? He is. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He's um. Yeah. He's had a great association with 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 him. Um. Yeah. And and with a number of sort of the the leading sort of chances that we've had through the stable yeah. for a number of years. So why don't we talk about Alligator Blood? Um, maybe could become the best horse in Australia. Probably is Australia's favourite horse because of its name and all the stuff that's gone on with it. It's but a um, lot, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> why don't we? So let's just to get us up to speed on Alligator Blood. Let's watch the Futurity the other week. 
when it was um, short price favourite, which kind of surprised me, but the punters knew. Were you down in Melbourne for them? I went down there for this race. And yep. It's amazing what the punters always know. Yeah. <laughs> they surprised me at times as well. You know, I, 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 thought, um, I thought he potentially might have been vulnerable here. Um, you know, being sort of first up at the 1400, a couple of those had, had sort of already had runs. Um, you know, it's, a, it's not... Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough old track there at, at Sandown. Mm. Like, nowhere to hide. Straight, nowhere to hide. Uh, but he actually responds really well there. But yeah, not just... Um, yeah, it's probably just... That was quite a dominant win. There was, uh, yeah, yeah, it really right. was, you know. And that's Absolutely. Probably the, that's probably more the aspect of, of the win that surprised me. But yeah, it really shouldn't. Like, this horse has surprised me all the way through. Like, you know, just... I've sort of been learning about him all the way. We haven't had him for, mm. you know, that you know, that long in a sense, you know. So um, how did you get him? Like, because yeah, so so David Van Dyke had him and then... David Van Dyke had him. He had the, um, you know, he had an injury, um, you know, kissing spine there, which he got operated on and had a long rehab. And you know, at that time, you know, we, we'd previously trained for Alan Andres, who was a mm-hmm. you know, previous owner, trained for him you know, a few years back before he sort of, um, you know, took his own sort of, uh, I guess, syndicate racing to... To, to Queensland, um, so always had a relationship there, and um, you know we'd read that um, you know Alligator had um, you know left vet David Van Dykes, uh, he was going to rehab, and you know Alan was looking at his options for um, yeah Alligator blood going going forward, so gave him gave him a call and just sort of said, look, hey, if you you know when you're considering your options, would would love to be considered. You know we've got the facilities in in Sydney and and, and Melbourne. You know we think we can place him. Place him well down here for you, and you know, hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully have a bit of success with him. So, um, he had a a good rehab period. Um, he did all his work up in training with um Billy Healy, and he had the the, the job of just having that first campaign of this is up north. This is up north, yeah. yeah. So he he had the operation up there. He spelled up there. He did all his rehab up there. A lot of beach work and a lot of long, slow work just to sort of bring him back off such a long time. So, um, he was able to give him a couple of starts there. Um, and and just sort of get him get him back up and going really, um, and then we were able to sort of take him off the back of that and sort of had a, a nice grounding to sort of sort of work with, um, and then from there it was a little bit stop start in the early stages because we brought him to Sydney and then uh, we were had some various sort of races and 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 programs in mind. So it was probably about this time last year actually sort of uh, he might have been coming up and trialing, and then after his second trial, I think it came out that. He was barred in um, New South yeah. Wales and uh, wasn't allowed to race or wasn't allowed to be trained um, on any facility in, in New South Wales. So we sort of had to go back to the drawing board. What are we going to do here? So um, we moved him back up to Queensland just before the carnival um, and prepared him up there for the carnival. So he, we had yeah one one horse in Queensland training out of the Sunshine Coast, just sent a staff member up there with him for, for the entire time and um, prepared him up there and wow. Um, and so you're doing this to let Alan Andres sort out the issues that he was having, right? Because it got barred because there was issues around. Yeah, so him around, as the owner, right? But that was at that stage that was only in uh, New South Wales. So yes. Then we were able to Queensland. We but there was no issue with the horse. It was the issue with the ownership, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and so you, yeah, and you just the ownership like, structure. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and then we just sort of had to work our way. You know, still trying to, you know, understand. Yeah, so you didn't want to, You knew you had something really special. You didn't want to give up on him. Oh. Well, didn't want to give up, and I wanted to actually fulfil what we set out to do. Yeah. We hadn't, you know, we had only just, it only just wanted. Well, he did win a barrier trial prior to that, you know, by sort of seven or eight lengths, and I thought, oh, that's that's interesting, but I still want to see it under 
race day pressure, you know, sort of, oh, you know, what's in the barrier trial, you know, still a lot more to want to really want to see. At this stage, still didn't quite know what level he could get back to and, um, you know, still prepared him the best we could in Queensland. We kept missing whether it be barrier trials getting rained out or cancelled or out of trials on the polytrack. So I felt we didn't have a, a great lead up into his first up run. And, and again, I thought, geez, he's pretty big going this. We're a bit vulnerable. Let's see what he can produce. And, um, yeah, he nearly won his first up back. I thought, wow, that's mm. pretty good. A lot of improvement to come. So I was very happy going into the to the Stradbroke, uh, which he won very, very well. And mm. um, Not an easy race to win. No, not. not. Pro- and Gaze, race in Queensland, really. I think that was... Maybe that's the first Stradbroke game might have won. Yeah, um, might, have might have been her first one that she was able to win, and you know, it was a 150th Group One winner. You know, so it was fantastic to be able to do it with that horse, and you know, they were brilliant. Um, yeah, then after that, what's next? We said, oh, you know, let's set him for a, a, a Melbourne campaign. Mm. Um, yeah, Gay was always very keen to see him sort of go to the Cox Plate, so we set him down there on a campaign. He had a spell up in Queensland. You know, went straight past. New South Wales down to down to Melbourne and prepared out of our stable down there, um, and then I think we had a, a barrier trial down there, maybe two barrier trials or so, and um, or one barrier trial. And just as we're getting ready, um, they came out with the ruling that yeah. they weren't going to allow him to yeah. to race down in Victoria. So yeah. we had a bit of a holding pattern for the next sort of month or so. Yeah. Um, or you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to sort this out? There's a number of different options. Do we just pull the pin and go race him in you know, Dubai or do we go race him in Hong Kong or, you know. Because um, you know, even Alan Andres, the owner, was he, he was holding tight saying, I'm, I'm not selling. Yeah, he, so I, I, I didn't The really, easy thing to do is if he sells his share and someone else takes it, then he can start racing again, which is eventually what that's happened. That's eventually sort of where we sort of probably got into those sort of dead ends. But, you know, obviously the horse means so much to yeah, Alan yeah, and it has yeah. all the way through. You know, I don't think he wanted to let go. Yeah. That easily, you know. The once in a lifetime um, horse. Yeah, we tried everything. I, you know, applied to New Zealand. You know, can we come over for your group ones and wow. everything else? And no, no. Yeah. So, so you're working very closely with him to try and keep the dream alive. Yeah. yeah we just thought, well, well yeah, as much for for us as well. Yeah. You know, and any, everyone, you know, you've got what, like you said, potentially the best horse in your stable. You want to, yeah. You want to take it to the races and, yeah. and, and and try and win some races. So it was um, a little bit tough there. Eventually, um, yeah, we were able to get a, a ruling, and you know, Jerry Harvey. Yeah, luckily because he's so attached to the like he bred the horse. Yep. He's still got the family. Um, you know, he owns part of the the stallion all too hard. So Jerry actually had a lot of you know, invested interest in this horse. So I don't think he was gonna let it just sort of fizzle out either. So I think he approached Alan or Alan approached Jerry. I'm not sure how it worked, but they were able to do um, you know the financial deal to you know show that there was a that he bought Alan's you know 60 percent majority share out of the mm-hmm. horse and. Um, yeah, that was enough to satisfy um, stewards in Victoria uh, that were able to then continue on and set a program. But that meant we were, you know, we'd, in that time, we weren't allowed to trial. So we missed some vital lead-ups, went into the first up run, you know, probably a bit, um, you know, as well prepared as we would have liked. And then, um, yeah, we were able to pick up from, from there. Um, probably didn't quite get the... I wouldn't say he didn't get the 2,000, but it was just the way... I was going to ask about that. Is he a query at 2,000 or...? It was his first attempt um, and, you know, it, it was tough. Some of the, the, the profile of those races, you know, particularly when you had, say, horses like Zaki in, in, yeah. in there as well. And is this could, Cox Plate we're talking about? This is Cox Plate, yeah. yeah. Um, really wanted to ride the horse a bit differently. Everyone thought we had to lead. Everyone thought Zaki had to, to lead and it was always just going to be us sort of carving each other up. But, um, yeah, we were pretty keen to 
be quite conservative in the, in the, in the Cox Plate. You know, a bit like we saw, you know, Blake on him, um, you know, first up in the Futurity. Like, he, mm. we, we saw him in the Stradbroke off the speed. You know, he can be very effective. He's got a great turn of foot when ridden that way. So he's not one-dimensional by any means. But, you know, the one race we're looking to do it, we drew the very outside barrier in the Cox Plate. And it was sort of, you know, you're either up outside the lead or you're back last, you know, or, or you're mm. three, four wide the trip. So we sort of probably had to put him in the race and, um, yeah, it just sort of made it a bit tough, tough for him. So I wouldn't rule it out. Queen Elizabeth's probably open. Um, yeah. But I'm not going to say any of that without having that discussion with Jerry. You know, I think yeah. he, whether they, he views it differently or not, you know, the, what we always set out to do this, this campaign was, you know, try and win the all-star mile, um, second or third up. Um, and then, you know, in the meantime, we've been able to get permission to bring him back to, mm-hmm. to New South Wales. So... That may open up a few more options. Doncaster could be Doncaster. His favourite for Doncaster. He actually might be sort of quite well, you know, weighted in 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 a, in a race like that. You know, they you know those good horses can carry the the, the weight in there and, and, and win those races. So I'd be be tempted to look at that. Love to love the opportunity. So, but first and foremost, get yeah next week out of the way, and yeah. then uh, you know we'll we'll have those discussions, and you know hopefully um. You might find this an annoying question, but are you guys scared of Animo? Um, look. I'd love to take him on again. Yeah. Um, but so would you take him on over? What would you? You can choose the distance that you race Animo over. What distance do you reckon that Alligator Blood would get him over? Choose probably that. Too. That probably that fourteen to sixteen. You know. Um, yeah, Animo's obviously been very good at the the two thousand. I think he's beat us a couple of times that we've met at that distance. So. And then, look, I'm not even saying we can beat him at any trip, you know. Like it's mm. it's it's tough, but he's a he's a very good horse, and he he's one of those horses that just finds a way, whatever mm. you know, whatever scenario, whatever conditions, whatever track, race, shape, whatever he he gets it done. But um, I think punters you know, want to see everyone. It's sort of everyone's starting to say Animo is the best horse in the country. Like it was Nature Strip, and Nature Strip's fallen away. Nature Strip may well come out and blitz the TJ Smith, and yeah. then who knows? But I think that a, people who really know their stuff are saying Anima needs to beat a good horse like Alligator Blood or needs to beat a very good horse like Alligator yep. Blood to be confirmed as the best horse in the country. Of course, if Alligator Blood then beats Animo and goes on with it and wins a Doncaster, it's the best horse in the country. So We've still got a bit to, a bit to go, but I'd love to see the matchup again. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not saying it, we can do it, but it's... No, but, I would, he, but I Allig- shy Alligator Blood is absolutely... Top couple of horses in the country. Yeah, he's you know, been. He's, he's a really good horse. Yeah, he's, yeah. And, and and look, hopefully, as I said, hopefully we can see him go to a new new level. I think you know the the you know, the, the ratings from his first up win this this time round were, were, were very good. Um, and as I said, that the dominance of that first up win, you know, I hope he can sort of continue to yeah. progress off that. And if he does, I think that's seeing him go and improve again this level, which is quite yeah, you know, which is quite rare at, at, at this sort of this age. And you know the number of sort of starts he's sort of probably had to, to keep finding that that level of improvement. But as I said, you know, learning more and more about the horse each time around, what he's capable of and, and the workload he's able to have, you know, just sort of, yeah, it's sort of really been a good good learning curve in, in, in that sense. You know, he's got quite a constitution for it. He's, mm. he's yeah, serious in that regard. And the All-Star Mile, like, is he down, he's down in Melbourne at the moment, is he, for the All-Star Mile? Yeah, so he's... he's it's, it's on the same day as the Slipper, isn't it? It is, it is. So, um, That'll be a big day. Where will you be? We'll be. Um, I'll, I'll probably be in uh, Sydney for, yep. the, for the Slipper, um, and I think Gay will be in, 
in Melbourne for the All-Star Mile. So that's benefit of the partnerships right there in it. To yeah. Be able to, those big days sort of split split the team yeah. up. But um, yeah, it'd be a, yeah, hopefully that'll be a great day, you know. Yeah, imagine imagine one day. Um and that's 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 amazing, you know, where the industry's at at the moment and you know, for a trainer to be in that position, you know, you you know, on on, on, on the one day you've got a couple of five million dollar races yeah. on the car. Both you know? prize money five million in both. I think it's it? both, yeah, five yeah. million. So you you know, you and, and to have live chances in those, like yeah, it's racing's in a Rate in, in terms of prize mm. money at, at you know, that sort of level and over the carnivals racing is a fantastic position. And it's a great segue. I want to talk about that more. But just before we move on from alligator blood, he strikes me as the perfect horse to take overseas. Ascot, Gay loves going to Ascot. I'm sure you probably go a yep, bit as I, well. I think um, Gay's pushed that one very strongly already. And I think he's staying here. <laughs> so, really? Uh, yeah, look, you know, um, yeah, ultimate decision ever? comes like, down to, 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 to Jerry Harbour. Whatever Jerry like, Harbour would like to do. Doesn't he like Ascot? I think he likes Australia more, you know. Wow. Yeah, like we've, we've got great racing here. Uh, we've got a great product here. Um, you know, some people have different interests, and, yeah. and some people the you know, the international um, side of things or scale of things sort of really intrigues them, and it's mm. you know, something that they really need to do. Others are, you know, have no interest in it at all. Um, haven't pushed that seriously, you know, with 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 Jerry just yet. But I I know Gay was sort of very keen to see him go. You know this. This year, but I, I I don't think we'll be seeing him go this year. No, yeah, it's disappointing because we we the punters need it's June is really boring. June July is boring for horse racing. But you got Ascot, and you know they, you're so good when Nature's Trip went last year. Yeah, no, everyone. So had I might yeah I might try and start a campaign <laughs> against Jerry to to get him over there um, for the punters. Um, yeah, so let's move on to the the business of horse racing. So we had Joe Pride in here a couple of weeks ago. And he said unequivocally, unequivocally, it's there's never been a better time to be a, a horse trainer. Yep. Um, you agree with that? Yeah. Or like in in terms of say the the prize money levels. Um, yeah. There's there's been no better time in in that regard. Um, obviously, there's so many other aspects of the business to sort of get it to that point. Mm. Um, yeah. Which and is prize happened. money crucial? Like Joe Pride says, you and even we had Richard Freeman too. They say that. You can't make any money from fees. You've, you've got to get the prize money oh, coming well, in to make it viable. Well, right. well and yeah. truly, well and right. truly. We, we, we only survive off, um, you know, prize money winning those big races or, you know, if you're fortunate enough to sort of, you know, make a make a stallion off a yeah. slipper winning race, you know, obviously that's a, you know, a, there's, there's sort of small benefits to, to that as well. But, yeah, definitely definitely off prize money. But with the prize money levels increasing, the, you know, probably the, we've seen the yielding, price of yearlings, increase um you know so you're outlaying more capital more risk each year in that regard in order to chase you know those those dreams and, and, and in order to try and put yourself in that position so yeah you know, as i said there's a, a lot of different sort of parts to to trying to get yourself to, to that point of trying to be competitive for, for, for that prize money so um yeah it's there's a lot fair bit goes goes on behind the scenes to get you there yeah yeah absolutely and so gay has been hugely influential in breeding for a long time um especially in the 2010s and even up to 2020 and stuff, always trying to find the next stallion prospects and found a lot of them. Are you guys still as active in that space as ever? Yep, well and truly. Like um, not necessarily just the, the stallion prospect, like we're, we're all looking for those, but, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of strong syndicates out there that have sort of all joined, joined forces, big syndicates, a lot of, you know, international money there that are mm. targeting specifically those – those cults at the yearling sales. So, um, 
you know, they can be hard to se secure and they can be sort of hard to hard to find, which is, you know, like even looking at a horse like Red Resistance, had he gone through the ring, you know, he would have brought a, a lot of money, so it would be very hard Would he have been a million-dollar colt, did I he? I think he would have been, yeah, yeah. well and truly. Um, yeah. You know, I know Henry the Vendor was disappointed that he wasn't in there because he yeah. felt he would have been a, you know, a headline horse of his of his draft. But, you know, had he gone through a sale ring, would we have had the firepower to secure him? Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. And Because you know, even you, like, Gay's got the most amazing connections, but even you guys, I just feel that you guys have struggled a little bit in the last few years because it's just so much money. There is. is that, was and that a fair statement? Uh, no, I oh, certainly is. certainly yeah. is because, um, you know, and, and I, I guess sort of going going back those few years, I, I guess we've sort of probably been in partnership for you know, maybe on our sixth year or so. And, and, and when I first uh, came into partnership with Gay, I guess there was sort of probably a real changeover and sort of turning point in, in the stable. Um, you know, obviously Gay had had that, you know, big fallout with, you know, like, uh, was was Singo, who was yeah. sort of one of her, you know, biggest supporters in 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 the stable. So, um, you know, we no longer trained for for Singo, and um, you know, Denise Martin had just moved over to um, join Chris Waller, and you know, she was the biggest, largest syndicator in in Australia. Um, and and Guri, you know, the famous um, Edward know, red and, yeah, yeah. yeah, red and black silks, you know, that gave that a lot of success with. You know, I think that was at a point where, um, you know, James. Cummings was was training the majority of their horses because you know he's you know married to Monica Cummings so yeah. you know uh, which is you know obvious you know so yeah. you know there's sort of a, a, a big changeover in sort of say the three major supporters mm. of, of of Gay's stable that were you know sort of no longer there so we're in a bit of a rebuilding phase and you know it's not easy to you know secure that sort of um, level of investment straight off and you know I was only new into the partnership and. Yeah, that was sort of probably always how I tried to. Yeah, you know, how, how are people going to perceive the partnership? What level of support we're going to get? Mm. Um, the people that are currently still there, you know, are they going to see it as a way of gay re retiring and stepping back? You know, so um, we took us a few years to to get that level of support, as you're saying, to to get those types of horses. And or, were you out there hustling? The like, were you working relationships? Oh, and always are. You know, yeah. that's a big part of the business. You, you sort of never really stop that, but obviously, just wanted to work hard and try and let the results speak for themselves. You know, either we're gonna either gonna make it and make it work and the support will will flow or it won't. You know, Gay's great at doing it, great at attracting business and um, you know, getting the opportunities. But, you know, I feel over the years we've been sort of slowly been able to establish ourselves mm. to get the opportunities now from those big cult syndicates mm. or, you know, those important young two year olds attracting them to the stable so that we can be representing you know, in, in the right races and, and, and the slipper. And I remember might have been our first sort of training year, you know, we, we didn't have a runner in the slipper, you know, for, for some of those reasons. And, and the yeah. media just wanted to keep harping on yeah. about it and coming at me, you know, like, yeah. oh, you know, it's first year in partnership and it's the first year Gay's never had a runner in the slipper. You know, how do you feel about that and all this sort of stuff and was it more it drove me crazy you know? was it was it more difficult than you anticipated like yeah some, some of it you know that, that sort of the me, the, yeah that the intensity of the media on you when yeah, you first well, got in well the role truly and and i you know i think sort of looking back on it at that point you know, i really resented the the aspects of sort of the two-year-old training and the model the the, the, the training model of having two-year-olds in the stable like you know obviously when i came into the partnership as well I'd sort of taken over the the the, the business and, and the operations and you know having having two-year-olds is sort of not really a good business model in, in a sense you're, you're going out to yearling sales you, 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 you 
spending millions and you're carrying millions of debt throughout the year. Yeah. Um, you know, you're trying to find new people in, to steer them into horses. You've got that pressure of those horses then trying to perform for people that you've, you know, asked to spend big money in these, um, you know, in these in these horses. So, you know, whether that pressure of that aspect of the business was sort of building up and making me sort of, you know, resent the two-year-olds as opposed mm. to the older horses that you could, you know, um, you know, develop, take through their grades, you know, sort of have long campaigns, uh, whether it be sort of tried horses, like they're going to the races regularly, you know, and, you know, uh, they're, they're, you know, as we said before, they're earning your prize money, so yeah. you're earning income, you know, you're not, you don't have half your boxes yeah. full of two-year-olds that are costing you money each yeah, day. Yeah, and the pressure the pressures comes off a little bit, doesn't it? Because Definitely, you know, and yeah. people enjoy getting to the races, they're getting out there, having fun, they're winning races, that leads to sort of re reinvestment, so... Yeah, you know, but after a few years, and 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 this is where Gay's sort of always a, a great mentor in, in in so many times. You know, like Gay's always been about the two odds, and mm. that's sort of been a stable's strength. And as I said, for a year or two, I was sort of partly shying away from that. But really, you know, she had a few sort of harsh words, as she she sort of does. You know, like she, um, yeah, you know, like her dad was always very very hard on her, and um, yeah, you know, and she always sort of tells a great story. You know, like. She wanted to. Here's her dad, who's the best trainer of two-year-olds in Australia, and she's coming up. And you know, no, Dad, you're doing it all wrong. I'm going to do things differently, and I should try things differently. It wasn't working, and he's she said they had a big blow up, you know. And he was saying, "Oh, you know, go, you make you make me sick. I'm sick of backing your horses. I'm going going broke. You know, like they're they're no good. You can't train a two-year-old." Um, and she said they had a massive fight over it, and you know, unfortunately, the next day he he passed away. Wow! And that was like the last sort of real sort of words they'd sort of spoken to each other. And she said that oh. was just the biggest sort of turning point for her ever. You know, she's like, yeah. that obviously it hurt her a lot, you know, that that whole process. But she's like, you know what, he's so right. You know, why, why am I trying to do things differently? Just go back to doing what he does best. Um, and she just turned around straight away, went back to that format um, and just said, you know, never stop training the next season, just never stop training two-year-old winners. Like probably her most... Yeah. Biggest tear on, ever. On, on record. So wow, that's, you know, that's I think she always story. likes to, of course, you know, like she had those lessons from her dad. She's always sort of pretty harsh like that on me in various areas. So, And does when, she refer to Tommy Smith much? Yeah, all the time. Like would, you, the time. would she say, oh, dad would do this, yeah, dad would do dad that? Dad would do that. Dad yeah. always said, you know, or oh, I did this. Like she's like, we're the same. We always argued, you know, I'm telling you, you know, I've been through that. I've yeah. thought those things. You know, you know like she's, she's good like that. But same thing she said, you know, you got to start training two-year-old winners. She's like, you know, the, the industry is going to think you are the laughing. She was saying this to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's yeah. going to like the, the industry is going to think you're the laughing mm. stock if you can't train a. Mm. You're going and buying all these yearlings and you're not training a mm. two-year-old winner. So you can sort of like, oh, you, know, you get pretty yeah <laughs> hot under the collar at the time, but you know you, you can sort of spit the dummy and walk away. You sort of go, you know what? She's bloody right again, you know. So we, we, and knuckle down, and that sort of we we sort of really went hard and focused on things, and that was the year we. You know, train fund when yeah. the slipper. So, you know, it's probably been a, and then again a big turning point for us because, again, from the industry perception, you know, that sort of helped with the support of getting, you know, whether it be the bigger studs or bigger owners, all those people that are, you know, looking to produce those stallion prospects because we're able to do it with a colt, you know, to win the big two-year-old race and 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 that's that sort of helped a lot. So as I said, that's you know, people always ask me what's a defining point or like a or like a career turning point, you know, that's, you know, an example I always sort of like to use for, for some of those reasons, yeah. Yeah. 
And I got some great footage of Farnan, which we're going to play, not quite yet, but soon. But just before we move on from yearlings and stuff, I just so the, the English sales are what, two or three weeks away, right? Yeah, the, the Easter sales, yeah. And how, how much time and effort are you putting into them at the moment? Like, are you going to the studs to look at the horses? Are you, will you and Gay inspect every horse at the English Easter sale? Yep. Um, I, I guess at the moment, it's sort of the last thing on my mind. Yeah. In, in all fairness, like I, I do not want to think about another sale you know it's a it's a busy time of year um you know a lot of magic millions and you go through new zealand classic sale premiers only just finished up you know mm -hmm. yesterday so and then you know we've got easter on our doorstep but you know we've got the biggest you know couple of weeks yeah. of racing that set our year apart you know yeah. so um i'm really not going to focus on that until they come around at the sales I, I, I won't easter's probably a little bit easier to do that because it's a bit more selective you can sort of get around the catalogue pretty quickly at the sales and do a pretty thorough job. Um, still want to see every horse on there and inspect it and sort of get an eye in and, and, and sort of get a good grasp of the, the sale. Um, but Gay will probably have a bit more time. She'll go, go around and uh, do the on-farm inspections, um, you know, see see them prior to the sale and again at the sale. So, um, you know, that's probably where the balance can, can help out now. We've got a big team in place to do that. Um, so... You know, yeah, I, I feel me personally taking time away from the stables at this point that probably gives me a bit of anxiety. But you know what I mean. Like you know, there's a, a there's a lot happening. Yeah, there's only so much you can process in your head. Yeah. Like I mean, I, I totally understand. Like you got Golden Slipper and the All Star Mob could be the biggest two weeks two weeks of your career. Yep. So and there's only so much you can put into your head and do a good job of. You know. So if they're going to be the two biggest things, I want to be at the stable every every minute. Until Absolutely. That race, you know? Yeah. Um, like yeah, you know, and every other yeah. race out of the carnival, there's plenty more coming. So yeah. Um and if I'm kicking goals over this carnival, well, hopefully that leads to support at the sales yep. naturally. People wanting to do business with you, you know, what do you like at the sales? What can we do together? Um, if you don't train a winner over at the carnival, you know, you, you feel pretty pretty lonely sitting at that table there. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, no one wanted to do any work with you or not. So that's why I've always just been in the mindset, just, you know, put the head down, work hard. And if the results are there, you know, I think everything else will sort of flow and fall into all into place. And do you think you'll be active at the sales? You've got a lot of clients. Want to be active. Um, again, you know, following Gay's model, you know, we've always sort of tried to take an element of control in that regard in controlling what what comes into the stable. You know, we know the types of horses that we, mm. what we like, what we want to train, what we feel we can be successful with and they're going to be able to target the races where we want to be effective in. So, yeah, there's got to be a fair bit of work and groundwork into trying to, secure those ourselves, trying to partner up with the right people to, to get those horses or to get them into the stable. So um, it's it's crucial, you know. Yeah. You really need to be controlling that aspect of it, you know. You know, those years where we weren't or, you know, compromising and buying a few more uh, backward types because, you know, we are compromising. You know, we had to find an area of the market where we could afford to buy. You know, we were getting those late two-year-old, three-year-old types and, and that's fine. They, you can buy really nice horses in... In, in that bracket and they're just a little bit later but yeah it's probably why we're a bit quiet on the on the two-year-old front for so many years um and how how many people would be in the team that get you guys through the yearling sales yep um, so gay and myself um uh, we've got a, a bloodstock agent in, in bruce slade um is originally gay's uh, racing manager yeah. uh, sort of gone out independently so rely um heavily on him to get through the inspections um and then our I guess in-house sort of bloodstock and sales consultant will be um, Claudia Claudia Miller. Um, she's you know probably a lot more day-to-day -day contact with the 
with the owners and, and, and sort of helping them be involved in, in the different sort of sales and horses and different opportunities there. So, um, you know, and, and another girl, Emma Coleman, has just started with us from Ireland. So there's a good team of us mm. in and around. Um, and you'll all be flat out the whole... We'll be flat out, yeah, yeah, just sort of trying to keep people updated as to what we're looking at, um, you know, horses that they might be in, interested in. Um, and then even outside of our own circle, you know, there's plenty of bloodstock agents out there independently that you sort of try and work yeah. with and, um, yeah, to, 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 to try and secure the right horses. Yeah, awesome. So why don't we watch fun? And so we've got to set a bit of story. So this is – you'll probably remember this really well. It jogged my memory. So I'll just read. So we're going to go back to 2020, right? So I think Golden Slipper Day was March 21st. Don't play it quite yet, Trill Mint. I'll just – so March 21, 2020 was Golden Slipper Day, right? On March the 15th, 2020, the New, New South Wales government cancelled all major events of 500 people or more. So that meant that Golden Slipper crowd was done, community people only. So I'm sure people can tell where I'm going, but this is like COVID's coming at us hard. And then on March the 19th, Australia closed all its borders to everyone who was not a resident or citizen. Um, and then two days after the Slipper, National Cabinet agreed that all states would close the country down. Now, while this is all happening, you've got the favourite in the Golden Slipper, um, Farnan. And let's run the footage now, but what I've also done, which is kind of fun, is... So, Gay, this is Gay watching it with Ben, which is possibly some of the greatest racing content ever. Is this down at their property in the Southern Isles? Right. The thing I love the most, too, is like... They've seen so many races, and they're not going the early straight. They're all just chilling. Even Rico in the background, he's not doing anything because he knows he'll get in trouble. And they're still not doing anything. Rob's ice cool there. He's ice cool, and now Gay starts getting excited. So it's 50 to go. <laughs> I think it's such great footage. Um, anyway. Yeah, brilliant. There's you. She's like that for every winner. Though. She absolutely loves it. Yeah. She, she, and from the Thermosphere means Mildred so much to her. And, you know, for, for us as a stable, that, yeah, that, that, that meant a lot. So that was great, great fun. But I guess maybe we've got... Peter Volandis to thank for that win, you know, like to, the fact to, that to keep everything going, all, yeah, we're able to keep training them every day. Every other industry was shutting down, whatever occupation, no one could go to work. We were, we were literally the only people sort of moving around Sydney, mm. going to work and being able to operate as you know, relatively normal. And yeah, go to, go to the race. I think they were only sporting code on as yeah. well, so yeah, yeah, a lot to be said for allowing to get there. I was just, yeah, just wanted to get through that week. I was just like, just. Please run the race. You know, and were you confident? Did you was he flying Farnan? Look, I I always like to underplay things and yes. never sort of like to um never sort of like to um you know, get too far ahead of ourselves. But yeah, I, it, it was as sort of as good a chance as we ever had going into the slipper. Yeah. Do you have a bet? We, we, we I, I I do like to bet. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to um you know the betting's probably what really got me to where I was today. Like I loved that aspect of it. I was even sort of Looking around different, could have easily went down different career paths with with um you know with that early days, but I, I think it's a good thing to, um, it's a good learning curve in, in, in certain ways. You know, if you if you got your money down and you know things yeah. work out, yeah. you go, you know, I'm not going to make that mistake again, am I? Yeah. Like, How did I get that so so wrong, or why did that not work? And you go back and analyze things and change it. But look, I, uh, we're not a we're not a betting stable, we're not a punting stable, we're not setting horses up to have a punt. We are, um, you know going, having horses, they're exposed in the trials. They're, you know, like they're well prepared as they can be for, for the races. They've got their paths that they're on. Um, but if I feel on the day 
the horse is doing particularly well and I like the race that it's in and I yeah. think we're a great chance. I'll happily have a have a bet on our ones. But, you know, it's sort of hard. It, it can be distracting so you don't get time to do much and sometimes I even just forget to even have a – sometimes you forget to have a bet, you know. Like there's just so much sort of mm. going going on. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I don't mind it. Like that's, you know, it's a bit of fun. It's a bit of enjoyment. Mm. Um, and so does like Rob, Gay's wife, Rob Waterhouse, who everybody knows, is he – I've sort of known him – quite well over the years and I feel like he's always had a lot of influence with Gay and helping her place horses and all that kind of stuff. Is that... Not, is not directly. Um, you know, maybe, maybe she did early days, but, you know, like I, I feel we're probably... Um, whether we're... I've learned a lot of those sort of rules off, off, off Gay, which maybe she's sort of mm. um, learnt over, over time. So day to day, um, you know, like there's no real interaction with, yep. with Rob um, in that regard. Um, but I, I do like to pick his brain. You know, mm. I, I think um, I think I obviously learnt a, a lot about sort of form and that prior to actually sort of taking on any hands-on experience in in, in the training, um, and had a real interest in that. But you know, now it's sort of you know, I love picking his brain on say, what what he sometimes sort of may mark as positives or negatives and in, um, in certain races yeah. or certain profiles. He's one of the most respected punters in Australia. Oh, well and truly, yeah. you know, I, I respect him hugely. So when he says something, and you know. Ears will sort of prick up, and I might sort of, you know, why is that? You know, why do you think that? And you know, then I just sort of work out ways where we can sort of either integrate that or where it might apply for us. But in terms of, um, you know, him having a direct input of where we place our horses, no, not yeah. Really. And I heard, I don't know if this still happens, but back when I was out of the track, you know, we, I was interacting with him on a daily basis, and Tom and all the other bookies as well. But I, I think he used to get up at the same time as Gay at three a.m. and he'd go and do the form and stuff. I guess the point I'm trying to make is if you want to be one of the best punters in Australia, like that's what it takes. Like, get out of bed at three a.m., do the form hard. Oh, he's 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 so dedicated. Um, mm. yeah, obviously he's been at it for years. He, he gets he's got a real passion for it. Um, you know, he's got the right sort of systems in place and has built that up over over time. But yeah, um, any of those sort of big race mornings, um, you know, Saturday morning he'll be he'll be at the desk three a.m. Yeah. going through the form yeah. all the way through. You know, so like. By the time he gets to race one, he's he's uh, there's been plenty of groundwork sort of going into that. So he he works hard still to this day. Yeah, they work. It's it's a they have an incredibly strong work ethic. The Waterhouse family, don't they? Well and truly, and, yeah. and you know they'll be disciplined. You know, Friday nights, you know, he's the same thing. It's a big game for him. The next day, mm. he's early dinner, off to bed early. Because he, if he's if he's off, we'll shoot him down. Like all, <laughs> all these punters yeah, in yeah. here. Yeah, you know, we'll, there's there's some sharp punters out there these yeah. days. So he doesn't he doesn't want to be. <laughs> it's the same with us. Of. We need to. We need to be sharp too. We, we probably don't um, practice that as much as we should. But the mindset's so important with everything. And, you know, mm. I find, you know, sleep probably for me is the, the, the biggest thing. Um, you know, like I, I really do need a certain yeah. number of hours. So like, you, you can't <laughs> operate, but like you, you just find you make poor decisions otherwise, yeah. you know, and sometimes you're just not thinking through things clearly or, or, or you might be forgetful of things or you're not as good under pressure. You know, just just by that lack of sleep by an hour or two, whatever it may be. But, you know, you, like, like all, yeah, I, I know not necessarily a competitive athlete ourselves, but you're making a lot of those sort of important decisions on, on sort of high-pressure days. So you really need to be, I think, you know, with anyone, like you said, it's a, an important aspect of it. So if you if you need your sleep, you must be in bed by 7 or 8 o'clock at night, right? Because you're, you're up at 3 every day. Uh, up at 3, but uh, 9 o'clock the latest. I think any time after, yeah. I reckon any time after 9.30, you just, you know, you, you pay for it at some point the next day, you know. The blokes um, who are editing whinge about having to get up at 8am. <laughs> it's, 
No, it's taken a fair bit of adjusting, but once you're up, it's it's pretty in a good routine. As I said, if I get the, you know, the, the front end right, if I if, if I go to bed by eight, I, I honestly bouncing off the walls the next day. I feel feel incredible. I'll take yeah. on anything. I'll tackle anything. I'm productive. You know, like you know, outgoing. You know, anything after sort of nine, whatever it may be, you're that little bit sort of sluggish, or by the end of the afternoon, you know, yeah. those few extra coffees or whatever it may be, yeah. And I listened to another podcast where you said that you give yourself between 10 a.m. and midday each day just to do whatever you want. Does I, that still I, happen? I try to, and, you know, it's probably been a lot hard the last few months, and, you know, you, you can find yourself getting in a, in a real good routine, and then, you know, things just sort of like over, you know, like Magic Millions period and the carnival, and all of a sudden you're out of whack, and sort of hard to get back into it this this time of year. There's there's a lot on, you know, there certainly might be, you know, uh, well, you, oh, you hear it. You yeah, should, you hear this morning and then to the it's races. It's 11am here. I'm sorry, I'm taking <laughs> your personal time. No, yeah, not right. at all. Not at all. Um, you know, whether it be sort of uh, media events for the carnival, barrier draws, you know, there's actually there's always something on. But, you know, I've tried to be disciplined. I want to get back to it because I, I don't really have – you know, and I see people, a lot of people always ask, you know, what are your interests outside of racing? I, you know, boring. I don't really yeah. have any, you know, like. You know, but are you, are you laser focused on be, being the best horse trainer you can be? Oh, like, yeah. Because you, well, you've got well, the legacy of the two, probably the two most famous names in Australian racing. Yeah, so Tommy Intergay, like. I love what I'm doing. I'm, yeah. I'm lucky in that sense. Like, it's it's hard work and sometimes really draining, you know, like, um, you know, the, the, the yearling sales we spoke of, that's a big part of, you know, clients, whether that's sort of dealing with them sort of throughout the day or anything, you know, out at any function sort of out at night, you know, staff, you know, dealing with the issues yeah. there, like that's a constant headache. Absolutely. Um, you know, the financials, the day-to-day running mm. of the business, you know, we haven't even mentioned a horse yet, you know, training mm. a horse, preparing it, you know, going through any issues there, the work list, you know, organising that sort of structure side of it. So there's a fair bit, you know, of the actual running of the of the whole operation, oh, yeah. it's quite a big big operation too. Yeah. So, you know that just takes up its time, and, and and sometimes it probably takes a toll a little bit, which is why I don't want to ever get to a point where you're sort of either burnt out or resenting uh, the industry or the game or or the racing itself for for other areas of the business that are wearing you out. So, I always felt it's important to try and you know do something, which I'm not doing yet, but I'm I'm going to tr- keep trying. It's a resolution to get back into it whether it just be an hour of fitness or, yeah. or something i used to love playing sport but i haven't played sport for i can't tell you how long yeah and do you have a burning desire to win a trainers premiership um i guess it would be nice one day but I, I i don't need a trainers premiership to probably be satisfied with where yeah. we're at you know um yeah there's some 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 big Bigger stables yeah. than, I mean, than you, us out there. Structurally, um, you can't compete at the moment because you just don't have a, yeah, the, the stock. But that could change. If I don't have any, uh, uh, a desire to probably get any sort of bigger in terms of numbers, I think we're at a, you know, at a pretty decent size where we are. I think that gives us enough, plenty of numbers to be more than competitive with in, in the big races. I uh, want to make sure we've always got a handle across everything, whether it be our, you know, staff, horses, owners. You know, mm. um, you know, sort of be quite hands-on as much as you can be across that sort of process. So um, if that means we, we can't win a premiership statistically then because, because mm. of that, you know, understand. Um, yeah. You know, I can be, as I said, be very satisfied in winning certain races. Um, you know, I just like things to be sort of going out and performing well and, you know, each horse individually preparing him to the best of the ability or, or knowing that, all right, well, throughout this horse's career, 
you know, we excelled with, with that. We got it to a decent level. And mm. if you can do that across the board, across all the horses, you can, you know, feel like you've done a sort of pretty good job in, in that regard. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I, I guess that gives me sort of a lot of satisfaction. Yeah. And is there a point when Gay completely steps away? Is that talked about or is it just... I don't see it. I, we, I don't think we've ever really discussed it. Um, yeah, you know, she, like everyone, is just, you know, it's, you know, I think she's loves the industry. It's all she's ever really known. Mm. I, I don't think she'd know what to do mm. if she stopped and, and stepped away. Um, you know, she, she still, she could walk away any day she wants, but she's been able to probably walk away from training, you know, or the industry at any point in her, in her life or a career, you know, and, and, and she absolutely loves it. She loves the people that are involved. She loves working with young people. She loves working with staff. She loves educating the young horses. Uh, she loves the day-to-day involvement with the owners. She loves any form of that sort of interaction. Mm. She loves being able to pick up the phone and, and, and call she's got the common and, touch too. And what I mean by that is like anyone, like she doesn't, she'll talk to anyone, treats everyone the same. Absolutely. I don't know her personally, but I just, yeah. by watching her in the media and, I've got some mates who just did a podcast with her a week or two back and they're just, you know, young blokes having a go and she agreed to do a podcast yeah, with them. To help it's, out, you know. She, yeah. she, she really loves helping young people, I must say. That's probably one of the biggest things that she's always sort of done throughout her career and still to this date, you know, she's sort of very, very generous in, in that regard. So I don't see her stepping away, you know, same thing with Rob, you know, like it's his interest, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he wants to keep bookmaking as long as possible, you know, that's, you know, they... And, and you know, the, the partnerships probably allowed her to make adjustments mm. to that and to that lifestyle and allow her to prolong her training. Um, yeah. You know, so how I got involved, timing was probably a great aspect of it. You know, would I have got this opportunity with Gay? Ten years earlier. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. probably not. You know, yeah. like they, you know, she was, had a good handle on things herself and, and, and probably didn't need someone there to mm. help out as much. Um so yeah, you know that was sort of a big aspect to it, but we got on very well in, in the early stages, and all happened, all happened pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Well, I think um, it's a great place to finish. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Brilliant interview. Thank really you. candid. Really appreciate it. Good, to see Good it. luck this weekend, and um, even more luck the Saturday after with the Golden Slipper and the All Star Mile. Yeah, thanks very much. We'll, we'll be cheering it. loud for you guys from here from uh, the end. Brilliant. Look forward Perfect. to watching the uh, thanks, mate. Follow on the app. Yeah, awesome.